Welcome to the 307th episode of the Jamie Delaney Plant-Based Wellness Podcast. My name is Jamie Delaney, and I'm your host. I'm a plant-based cardiologist and endurance athlete living in Southwest Florida. Welcome, and thank you for listening. Today, I have a special guest, Ashlyn Dave from Ashlyn Dave Podcast. His real name is Dave Klitz. Dave um, was an inspiration for me to start this podcast. I listened to his Ashlyn Dave Running in the Center of the Universe podcast when I first started living, listening to podcasts while I was running. And we actually got to meet probably about 10 years ago uh, or so at the Hatfield and, and McCoy Marathon. And he was on crutches at the time because he had completed a 50-mile run and, um, as he will describe, macerated the bottom of his feet. And scared me to death, thinking that, you know, how can anybody's feet survive on a 50-mile run? So we'll talk about that a little bit. But the main reason why I'm having Dave on the podcast, um, he describes himself as a middle-of-pack, um, nobody, you know, mid-pack runner. Um, that never. He always says, I'm never going to win anything. And he just loves running and loves running with his friends and the people that he, that he runs with. But a lot of his friends recently have had heart disease to the point of stents and bypasses at, at young ages, in the late 40s, early 50s, despite being good runners, you know, uh, fast runners, as he'll, he'll describe. And so, so they're no slouch, you know, um, just starting out running. They've been running for years, and then they have um, had to stop and have cardiac attention done to them, either stents or bypass. And, and a lot of the references that I've heard on his podcast, you know, have talked about hereditary uh, means. And of course, I've talked to you over the years about um, races, you know, that have finish lines with donuts or aid station with, you know, bad choice foods or people running to eat and not taking nutrition um, serious because people feel if they can out-exercise their bad eating habits. And I know a lot of us suffer from that, you know, especially if you're running and your weight is controlled and you think you can do what you want and eat what you want and you look good on the outside, but meanwhile, the inside is rusting uh, or bad things are happening. And, you know, it, it comes down to you can survive a long time, but it's how, you know, how long can you actually thrive eating poorly despite running? So running might buy you a few extra years from your poor eating habit. Uh, it might help you survive a heart attack um, that you may not have survived. It may help you certainly come back from a heart attack if the rest of your body's in shape. But it's, it's not a standalone cure or fix to cardiovascular disease. And, and Dave and I are going to talk a little bit about that. And I hope by doing this podcast that people um, hear Dave, uh, every day middle of the pack runner, uh, talk about this and his friends and realize that it's something that we all tend to struggle over uh, and maybe try to look the other way, that nutrition is something we can ignore as long as we're, we're exercising or blame the lack of exercise on our health or inability to lose weight when actually that's really, you know, it comes back down to nutrition is the cornerstone of health. Uh, in just about anybody's per, uh, opinion, um, but a lot of us tend to ignore it, healthcare providers especially. So um, it's not just about any diet. Uh, it's not just about being, you know, having a normal body weight. It's about how you're, what kind of nutrients you're taking in, 
how to fuel your body uh, to live a healthy and optimally active life until you can't live anymore. So I hope you enjoy the podcast with Dave. I certainly um, like catching up with him. I hope I catch up with him again in more in a few or I guess less than than 10 years. I hope we're both running in 10 years. I'm older than Dave, but uh, I hope we can and we keep running and keep running ultras. Uh, I uh, look to him as an inspiration to do a 50 miler at some point. I guess we have one on the, the calendar here in a few months uh, for January. But uh, uh, enjoy this podcast with Ashlyn Dave. Hey, how are you? Good. Nice to see you. What has it been? Hatfield and McCoy Marathon. Um, God, it's got to be 10 years. I think that was 2011 because that was um, when I hurt my feet. Yes. I was on crutches. <laughs> so, was, that your first, was that your first ultra? Um, not my first ultra. First 50 miler. I had done a 50K, I think, the two months before that. But that was in the freezing cold. Well, no, a couple months. That was, it was so cold, there's no way I would have blistered, but that was just, uh, oh gosh, just thinking back on that, that was crazy. So that was a 50, that was a 50 miler. Yes. I remember that well. I mean, your feet were that, I listened to the podcast and, you know, it's like, oh God, that, I've always been afraid of blisters and you brought that, that fear to life for me. <laughs> yeah, it was, um. I guess it was a little bit beyond uh, blistering. It was uh, a little bit what the doctor called me was maceration of my feet, <laughs> of the skin. And then um, I was uh, supposed to that the Wednesday after the race, I was supposed to be at a, a local meeting of our board of supervisors for, for something that I was going to um, be recognized. And I couldn't go, obviously, because I couldn't even put shoes on. And then I, the word got back to me that I didn't show up because I got some blisters while hiking. <laughs> it wasn't quite that but okay yeah that that's it well you know i i'd like to first thank you for taking time to speak with me and again thank you because it's because of you that i'm doing a podcast we're up to this will be that's the great. seventh episode oh that's awesome i need to listen i know that you started one i don't know how often you get it out but after this i'll obviously you know i'll listen to it that's great. I, I did look on your website though, because I was talking to my wife about um because you're you're a cardiologist. That's a medical doctor cardiologist. Yes. Okay. I remember you're the one that told me don't eat egg and bagel in the middle of your run, training run. <laughs> yeah. I didn't do it after that. I said, Well, you, you would know best. Yeah, it uh it, I think you made me cringe one time I was on the long run and you were talking about an ultra. I think one of your favorite things at one point was a honey bun or something like that. It might have been you. That's me. Yeah. It's for, honey, yeah. That's probably honey. not good either. Well, yeah. I mean, it's uh, the saturated fat. It's like, Oh my God, you know, it's, it's, uh, but that's what intrigued me. Um, you know, um, as you know, Jeff Galloway recently had multiple stents and he's a skinny fellow that's been running for many years and people would think, Oh, you know, how, if it happens to him, it can happen to anybody or why did it happen to him must be hereditary. And then I heard you, your last podcast <laughs> with your friend, and he talked about hereditary type of things. And I, I think that a lot of people um, think that they're, you know, 
oh, well, uh, I'm probably doomed if, uh, you know, it's, it's in the cards. And so I, I wanted to talk a little bit about that because I, I think that that's one thing that I would like to spread as an older runner <laughs> that yeah. you don't necessarily have to succumb to your genes, uh, so to speak. So I thought maybe that was something we could talk a little bit about. Yeah. Um, you know, if we just you can jump, kind of jump right in. I mean, you, sure. I start listening to you, you know, you're Ashlyn Dave. Um, you describe yourself as a middle of the pack, nobody. And yeah, or, <laughs> ordinary middle of the pack, nobody. An or, middle of the pack, nobody that runs races. But I never, I, I guess, uh, and you always finish your podcast with a Star Spangled Banner and you always, and you threatened early on when I was listening to your podcast, you threatened people that if they didn't finish to the end, you know, it was a bad thing. So <laughs> I have never, I have never not listened all the way through the end of the Star Spangled Banner. I'll have you know. Cool. Cool. What made you when when you started? I know you're a big soccer person. Your your daughter played soccer. What made you like turn into you know distance running or running in general? I was. I remember my first running event was I think in fifth grade uh, during the presidential uh, fitness physical fitness stuff. That was a. I don't even know if that's done anymore. Um, but I actually I was able to get the presidential physical fitness award, and I remember. I like doing the 600. That was the long distance. Of yeah, yeah. 600 yards. That's not really a a long run, but that was long for kids that run out, that go out sprinting. And I was good at that, and I could do the other stuff. Um, I went on, and, and actually, I, I did run competitively in middle school as a cross-country runner. Oh, wow. Um, and my, my uh, claim to fame is that I came in 11th in the county meet, and they gave medals to the first 10. <laughs> and, and had I known that, I probably would have beat the guy that was in front of me. It wasn't that far ahead of me. And um, <laughs> anyway, you live and learn. Um, high school, but I played soccer along, all along the same time. And I played high, high, uh, soccer through high school and then uh, did a little intramural um, soccer in college. And then um, kind of picked up, did a little bit of running, but kind of went down the kind of a party in uh, college lifestyle a little bit, didn't really do a whole lot of exercise. And then um, it really, what happened was when I was working for the police agency that I retired from a couple of years ago, I was asked to come out and play in a pickup soccer game. And that's when I realized how out of shape I was. And uh, I was even, uh, I went on to play in an adult soccer league after that. And then really that's when I started doing more cardio because I just, it was almost embarrassing how I just got winded so fast. And um, then uh, my dad ran the Richmond Marathon in 2005. And uh, you may have heard me tell this story before, but I remember my mom called my me or my wife on the Thursday or Friday night before the race and said, hey, your dad's running the marathon this weekend. You want to go out and watch? And I said, dad's running a marathon? When did he, <laughs> when did that happen? He how apparently- how old was he? Um, let's see. That would have been 2005, and he was born in 41. So I can't do math in front of people, but whatever that is. Yeah. So well, I, well I'm going to do the so, between the two of us. My mom was born in 33, so she's 88, and so that would be uh, seven, eight years. So 80. He's 80 now. So he, he is 80 now. So I guess he was 60 something. Yeah. Um, and so that was pretty impressive. We went out there, and the Richmond course was such that you could. Uh, 
you know, be a spectator on several portions of the course and get around okay. And I, I just was inspired. I uh, signed up for the, the following spring. I signed up for the Monument. Uh, let's see, there's a um, big 10K road race in Richmond called the Monument Avenue 10K. I did that on a training team. And then I, I did a, uh, that kind of propelled me into a half marathon training team. And then I met some of the nicest people I've ever met on that training team. And uh, we kind of put together a little grassroots group and ran Richmond that fall, 2006. And I got hooked. I've run 30 plus since then, half of Maltzers. Uh -huh. Completely. I've just loved the, the people you meet. You know, you don't meet too many drug addicts uh, on Saturday mornings in your group. No, that's, that's for sure. So do you, you still do a Saturday morning group run for the most part, right? I do. We run my, we uh, have a name, a name now we're called Wolfpack. We, somebody named us Wolfpack when we were running past. It's a group of five to six. Uh, everybody's pretty, yeah, everybody's over 50. And we meet at, uh, at a, this mural that was painted in our little town in Ashland that we live in in Virginia. And we meet there at 730. And um, if you want to run more than five or six, you got to get up earlier and do those miles if you want before the group, if you want to finish with the group. And then we Go with coffee. Go out for coffee or some breakfast after that, and then everybody goes on for further day by by usually by nine o'clock, and it's just a great great way to start the weekend. Um, they're all friends that have done. Um, I think everybody's done at least a half marathon. There's a couple of people in there that have done some ultras, and um, um, and we do an interval. I mean, we had talked before that this mm -hmm. this uh, interview about the intervals. We kind of do whatever the the person who wants to run the least duh, wants to do. So in other words, we got a guy named Bob, we call him Ashton Bob. He, uh, I think we did a, a three and one the other day, mm -hmm. which is fine with me because none of us are going to win anything. And um, that way everybody stays together as a group. We're not the kind of group where you start out together and within two minutes, you got two people that have run up ahead. It's, mm -hmm. it's the whole point is really just to kind of, you know, guys spend the time together. We didn't miss a beat during COVID. I, I, we might've run a few feet apart. Um, but for the most part, we, and I think we technically were violating civil law in Virginia by, uh, running together <laughs> without being related, without a mask or something. Good for you. I mean, Good for you. I'm proud of you. Yeah. We, uh, we, our little group ran all through COVID here, uh, except, um, Good. I, I actually had to take a few days off, eight days off to have COVID. But after that, I was, <laughs> Oh gosh, that put you down, huh? Uh, a little bit, you know, no, no worse than, uh, you know, any other flu bug type of type of deal but uh you know with the stigma that goes through it you had to kind of <laughs> buy yourself for eight days in solitary Ugh. yeah yeah so that was bad but um yeah no so so you run a group so you do three minutes but when uh, when you're doing your ultras back when um you used to do like uh five you used to do like five minutes in one or 20 25 minutes and what happened you were doing something longer I, right? i've switched it around i ran um, once, I guess once I accepted the run walk method for me just to, to participate, um, first of all, I don't think it puts as much impact on my knees. It probably does, but I just don't feel it as much afterwards. Um, I ran my fastest marathon running a 25 minute run, five minute walk method. Mm -hmm. Um, my, of course I'm a, I'm slow, middle of the pack, nobody, you know, people don't even know I'm at a race, you know, unless it's, <laughs> So I ran a 417. That was my fastest marathon. And I ran that good. with that, good. that 25 and five interval. And, but I never really replicated that again. I kind of moved to a, um, 
I, I run a mile and walk a tenth, and it's mm-hmm. easy on the Garmin on my watch. I can look at it. It's easy to you know, and that way, about every ten to ten and a half minutes, I've got a mental, I've got a mental break where I don't have to maintain that muscle rhythm. And um, I think it's helped me. I've still had a whole lot of fun. I don't think your heart rate really goes down that much, so I still think you're getting a benefit. Um, even when I just do um, a five miler, I'll still do that same. Uh, run a mile, walk a tenth. I guess it's really technically you on the second mile, you walk a point nine, then walk a tenth. I mean, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's and I, I and I'm still able to just enjoy uh, the the benefit of exercise as opposed to trying to go out there and kill it. I mean, I'm 52 years old. I'm not going to win anything, right? Well, no, you know, it's a survival thing now. Your age group, you know, as it starts shrinking down. This is true. My my dad says he goes to races and looks around to see where the old guys are to see if he might uh, place in his age group. Well, I, you know, I had a podcast a few months ago. I actually took one of my members patients that, uh, 64, uh, ran his first ever marathon and he got third in his age group. And, um, you know, that was, you know, he, he was, uh, I think we were three from the last, but he was third in his age group. So, you know, it's like, that's what you tell people, you know, it is a, there's a lot of people that are sitting on the couch that it's your age that if you, if you factor all those people in, you know, it, it does make a difference. That's you know, true. I wanted to just touch on this um, heart rate thing a little bit since you said, you know, it doesn't go down that much and does it benefit you or not? And that's actually what you want it to do. Okay. Because if you're, if you run straight, you'll see as time goes on, you're, you know, if you start out, your heart rate's, you know, 80 and then it starts clicking up and it keeps going up and up and up and up. Um, and the more you fatigue, the more, just like when I do a stress test on somebody, you start to get into that greater than 85% of your predicted maximal heart rate. That's when you start to make lactic acid. That's when you start burning all your carbohydrates. That's when you're going to start hitting the wall. So by doing the interval, you actually are letting your heart rate come down so that you can start burning fat um, and you're not, and you're clearing lactic acid from your system. So the reason why you're not as sore is you're actually clearing acid from your system, and you're not, uh, you're, you're burning less carbohydrates. So, you know, I always tell people you got you got about two thousand uh, calories of carbohydrate in your muscles and about two hundred in your liver, and when that's gone, then that's called the wall. And so if you burn all that, um, you know, real quick, like, you know, burn the match, so to speak, when people run out, go out real fast and they're burning predominantly carbohydrates, then your body's going to say your heart rate has to come down to let you start burning fat again. And that's your, you know, you're, you're slowed down. You know, you don't, you can think you can push it all you want. It's been in your head. It's in your head, but it's not, it's not, it's <laughs> in your blood, you know, and you're going <laughs> right. to slow down until it all clears, clears through. So whatever you can do to keep your heart rate down, you know, that's ultimately, uh, you do better. And I played around with intervals. Um, and you know, every once in a while I'll go back and I'll say, okay, let me run straight and see how fast, but you know, you can start to see your heart rate ticking up and you start to slow down because your heart rate's ticking up, uh, the the further you go. So I I think the run walk is a, is a great thing, especially when, like you say, people, you, you start to get a little older and you're, you're running more for enjoyment. Um, I was going to try to do, I did my best marathon running it straight. Um, and I actually wanted it in California international marathon. And I actually wanted to repeat it in, I guess it would have been 2020, uh, when they, you know, they canceled out and I wanted to do the run walk and see if I could repeat it. 
um, but I didn't get really get a chance to. So I don't know. You know, we're signed up for that marathon again next this December. So I, I might okay. see if I can run, walk it, and then um, just to see, see what, what I can do. Yeah, I, I try to do it on the. I, we I, we started doing some ultras, um, and it seems to me, you know, we live down here in Flatland, Florida. And so when all the ultras we seem to pick, even though we don't seem to believe the people until we actually get there and see all the boulders that we've got to climb up. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's like, it has a way of, it's like, yes, sure. My watch, my watch might say run, but they, it's not going to happen. You know, (laughs) it's crawl, you know, it's crawl time. And then, you know, so uh, I'm not, I haven't figured out the run walk method really in an ultra yet. It just seems to dictate it, you know, when I have to walk. The terrain. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, I, I've been, you know, and I've, we're starting to look into, uh, some races here more on the East coast or East, I guess. Yeah. Well, I guess the East coast. And I've, I've kind of looked at some of the ones that I've heard you say over the, over the years, you know, Tennessee, I think there's one in South care, strolling gym or something like that. Yeah. Strolling gym. Um, you know, so I've, I've looked at some of those that are on, on the radar because, traditionally we've we've gone out to california to run some races just because we like california but it's so hard to get and it's so goofy out there right now and it's you know it's just right. hard that um we're, we're starting to look around here a little bit more so that'll be good well the strolling gym is uh well it used to be put on by uh gary cantrell he's the one that does those backyard ultras yeah i saw that um and it's i think it's one of the longest ultras in the country along with jfk yeah that's what i heard there's a guy longest running ultras i'm sorry south um there's a podcast. A guy has a podcast, South, um, uh, something about ultras in the South, but he actually um, featured that um, that marathon on his, and he was talking about how old it is. I have to let the door for my cat. She's starting. He's starting. Yep. Um, I moved my dogs over to another room so they wouldn't bark, and now the cat's having a fit so we just got an eight-week-old puppy on saturday and i'm surprised that she's not making any noise my wife's daughter in the other room yeah you made me cry during the one 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 podcast where you're talking about the dog and taking the dog to the mcdonald's to get it a hand oh yeah that's what you gotta do (laughs) that was somebody told me once to do that and i've I've, well i've only had to yeah i did that with the one dog yeah we went got a two hamburgers and i and then we they went in and put her down yeah that was uh yeah that was that yeah that was an awful podcast day (laughs) (laughs) i have to dig that one up and listen to it yeah no don't don't you you are you'll go go to a bad place you'll go bad place (laughs) so you know um you you said you know your your knees hurt and doctor you know doctors are always telling uh, the doctors in the doctor lounge when i go in you know they're always saying still running you know still running (laughs) And uh, I say, yeah, aren't your knees bad? You know, I had stopped running because my knees are bad. And of course, they they um, they drift back to when they were in high school and how they hurt their, you know, their, that's when they did all their damage is when they were probably 130 pounds in high school. But that's what they remember <laughs> is their knees hurting. And um, my knees have never hurt, you know, other than if I try to wear my shoes too long and, you know, get a couple extra miles out of them. And then things might start to ache a little bit. Yeah. And I know I've got to change my shoes. But, you know, one of the things that I wanted to, you know, say is that a lot of this arthritis stuff that throws us older runners out. Sorry, I'm going to put you in the in my group now. Even <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't made it to my age group yet. I'm in the 55 to 59. Okay. <laughs> I, got one, and I only have one more year in that age group. So. <laughs> but, uh, 
but nevertheless, um, it's, it's actually inflammation. And it's inflammation and largely what you eat uh, drives inflammation. So when you eat oil and animal products, it actually, those omega-6s type of thing actually drive inflammatory compounds. And there was actually an orthopedic uh, guy in a meeting that, uh, you know, put his own x-ray up of his bone on bone knees and said, you know, it doesn't hurt anymore once you take the inflammation out. You know, your x-rays might not be pretty, but it doesn't mean that it has to hurt. And, you know, trying to, you know, we're all, we, we all go down this road of, um, you know, again, I'm just getting older and things are going to hurt and it's arthritis and, you know, it's back when I broke my, you know, did whatever play and whatever. And it doesn't necessarily have to be that way if, but we have to train smarter and, you know, with the run walk and, and eat smarter. And, you know, the podcast that I pulled up of yours recently, you know, well, actually, the two last podcasts that I that I listened to you, uh, and they were spread out. Um, but you've had a couple buddies have heart attacks. One had a really bad heart attack, a massive heart attack of a year or so ago, and then another guy just had a bypass. And they were pretty young, younger than you, I believe. Uh, yes. About- yeah, the one guy Rodney that I did some ultras with, he had a massive heart attack, and he was only I think mid forties. And that was really scary. Uh, he's since moved out of the area uh, to get closer to family. I, unfortunately, I just don't have as much contact with him anymore. Uh, but the other two, um, Crash, the guy, the guy we call Crash because he fell on the treadmill one time in front of a bunch of people. And then the other guy, Ron, who is in my running group now, they were both thin. Um, Ron's older than me, uh, but Crash is younger. And he was my running, my half marathon coach in um, – that was a little scary. I mean, I, I made some assumptions though about why it happened only because I know he's real busy with his kids and they might eat through drive throughs a lot, but I, I didn't really know that. I, I was just, uh, you know, it's, it scared me because I'm like, well, gosh, he's smaller. He's probably 50 pounds lighter than I am. Um, I don't know how much he runs now, but I, I know he runs fast and yeah, it's, uh, kind of weird. Well, and, and that's it. You know, um, we, and I know you don't know a whole lot about my practice, but I um, was a traditional cardiologist to about, um, um, well, we changed practice over about three years ago to more of a wellness reverse disease type practice. But it started with um, looking at nutrition to reverse heart disease. I have a terrible family history. My granddad died at 47. My grandmother died at 57. Everybody has diabetes. Some other people died in their 70, early 70s. Uh, everybody had diabetes. And so it was, and I took up running to outrun my disease basically in around, you know, in the late nineties and my cholesterol was still going up despite, you know, my weight was okay. And, um, you know, I, I toyed around with taking medication for a while and then came across, um, this physician Caldwell Esselstyn out of Cleveland clinic that basically started reversing people's disease through nutrition. Uh, typically plant-based nutrition and getting rid of oils and diet. And, and so basically it all comes around it. And, and everybody talks about there's um, cholesterol and then there's inflammation. And is it either or, but it's both. And, you know, so if you eat the, you know, drive-through food, then certainly you get cholesterol and saturated fat and salts, but you also get inflam- inflammation. Um, your gut bacteria 
basically grow, whatever bacteria grow in your gut is basically what you're feeding it. So if you feed it decaying animal products as it kind of slithers through your intestines, then you select for a certain bacteria. And if you feed it more fiber, um, like a Kenyan would run on, you feed it, or a Terromero Mexican, you, you feed it a different bacteria. And those bacteria are basically the control tower for your immune system. So what you eat actually turns on your inflammation or your anti-inflammation. So you can have a bad, you know, so people that have a family history like I do, um, bad genes, so to speak, um, you don't have to turn them on. You know, this guy talks, you, you know, it's like having a hand grenade in your closet. You don't have to pull the plug, plug necessarily. Uh, <laughs> You know, um, but if you eat, then certain things you actually pull the plug, but there are other things you can eat to keep it in the closet more. And so, and that's basically, you know, through plant-based nutrition. And so that's how we've, you know, we've took people that are older that have had bypass and, and, and uh, stents and, you know, made them walk without pain. And now I'm taking people and, and getting them to run marathons. Wow. So they've, they've been with chest pain and had their stents and had them blocked off. And now we're, we're getting them to run again. And it's not just the running, the running's part of it, the fun part, but it's the nutrition, which is the hard part, you know? So <laughs> even, and that really is the hardest part for these because everybody, everybody wants to, um, you know, running is fun. You know, you're flying in the air. You know, I forget there's one, somebody out there that talks about the difference between running and walking is that your feet are, you know, your feet have to, your feet are both in the air at sometimes running. And there's that sensation of flying, even though it's, Ooh, it's, it's slow, but so it's fun and we want to do it. And we think if we exercise, we can outrun our genetics perhaps, or out, outrun whatever we have at aid stations or before or after. And, <laughs> you know, um, I, I heard a vet and I, a veterinarian said it best when she said, you know, you can give dogs, um, you can make, you can feed them anything and they'll survive for a while, but to make them thrive, they have to have the proper nutrition. And that's just like it is with humans. We can give you to your 30, anything, <laughs> you know, you can put anything in. And the majority of people will do okay. Uh, some won't, but the majority of people will will do okay. But after that, then then game on. It starts becoming more of um, you know the garage is full, so to speak. And how can we you know how can we keep ahead of the process? You know, there's a little tsunami chasing us down the path, and can you run fast enough to, to you know to outdo it? So I, I just thought that you know. Again, we, you know, we've done a couple. There's an ultra in Mendocino, uh, 50K. Sid Garza Hillman runs it out there. Uh, it's, it's a plant-based marathon that they actually, everything is all the aid stations. They have burritos and their beans and burritos wow. and you know, rice and all that kind of stuff. And, and more and more of the ultras I'm seeing have options like that, something different to, to eat. I just heard a guy ran, I can't remember the name of it, but they were talking about, you know, having different options. But um I think it's kind of important. <laughs> it's Italian. Vinny, the Italian cat will go anywhere. Um, <laughs> important to, you know, to, to bring up to people that, you know, that, that it doesn't have to be your buddy mentioned on the, on the um, podcast. That, yeah. Yeah. That he was um, his doctor gave him clearance to run a half marathon and he was worried about maybe the veins exploding that doesn't happen. <laughs> okay. 
They do, but they can clot off because they're gravity fed. So veins, so when you put a bypass, when they bypass a vein from an, your aorta down to the, where the blockage was, it is basically gravity fed as opposed to your normal arteries are, that little coronary arteries normally have little muscles in them that pump the blood. Oh, wow. So when they're gravity fed, and, and again, there's valves in them, they're, you know, they're made for blood to go, or all of a sudden you're reversing the direction, so to speak, but they, they're tended, they're gonna clot easier. And so if there's a, if there's a competitive flow, one side's better than the other, then that can, that can clot off. The other thing is when they're kinked, so sometimes they're put in, you know, sideways, so to speak, and they're not, you know, you can't really see that well. So until he's run a while, that's one to see whether or not it stayed open, it didn't kink and all those other things was, was the, was the main reason that his doctor wanted to keep him at a half. But other than that, there's, there's no reason to keep him at a half other than the fact that if he has some scar tissue and irregular heartbeats. But, you know, to me, um, again, in that rehab, people always do, the fitter you are, there's no level of fitness, which is, which is okay, okay, you can't get in, you can't help your heart anymore. That doesn't exist. Every, every study that's shown has continued to go up. The more fit you are, the better it is for your heart. Um, but again, it doesn't keep things from clotting off due to either inflammation and or plaque type buildup. And the bypass, I think you said correctly, it bypassed the problem. So if there's a 90% blockage, it bypassed that 90% blockage, but it didn't change the fact that he puts plaque in his arteries everywhere. So, so that process keeps going on unless you do some change. And you kept saying, you know, you know, change your diet. Did you change, you know, what you do different? What'd you do different? And um, at one point he's like, yeah, we're trying, you know, we're trying to eat healthier. And then the shoe dropped when he said, you know, you said, what'd you do after the race? And he went and had crab cakes and French fries. And I was like, <laughs> you know and uh, but again you know it's like nobody talks about it most physicians don't talk about it either you know they just like i fixed you you know you go do what you need to do and if it blocks up again we'll fix you again i have people around town that say the same thing to patients wow. and it doesn't you know it doesn't need to need to happen and um you know it's like oh i was i was listening and it's scary it really is scary especially when you're getting <laughs> age group where people are dropping because of the uh you know, uh, of, of heart disease and things. It was good to see him out walking. Um, after it happened, he would walk. His wife would, or then he, when he started running, his wife would ride the bike alongside him. And uh, he's just incrementally, you know, he's out there. And I think it's great. I, you know, I'm glad he's still with us. But it was a big scare because he's got three kids. I mean, it, it's it, he was it wasn't. Uh, uh, you know, that I guess you know I haven't had that situation, but I think it really makes you think, you know, where, where are you in life? And, um, you know, it's a big scare. You got a lot of people depending on you. And, um, and I, and the other situation, we, uh, got some information the other day that the uh, person might be on a transplant list. I mean, that, I, I, I didn't get an update. There's just, that's, that's even scarier. Right. Uh, I don't know if that's accurate or not. There's, there's nothing. Uh, I trained at a transplant hospital at the university of Pittsburgh and, you know, there's nothing better than your original equipment. I don't care if it's your knees or your hips or your heart, or whatever, but the, uh, the original equipment is by far, 
um, the best you're ever going to get. And, you know, fighting to keep that is, is so important. And there's a lot you can turn the clock back with. And, and that's the message that we're, we're trying to get out is that, you know, you can turn back this disease and go from, we get, we take people off their medications, we reverse their diabetes, their cholesterol, you know, their cholesterol wow. goes, get them off medications. And it's, and it's not through the exercise. The exercise, there's been lots of studies that have shown that if you're going to have a heart attack and you were a runner, you're going to do better than a guy that had a heart attack that wasn't a runner, but it's not going to necessarily protect you from it may delay it a few years, you know, I mean, I think, you know, if I had to guesstimate, you know, unless, unless Jeff Galloway had the vaccine and that may have led to a myocarditis, which I don't know, but if, if, if it was just a traditional old heart disease, um, yeah, he probably outrun it by, you know, 10, 10 years, 15 years okay. by being in good shape, but you know, it did, it did catch him. Um, but, you know, again, it's, it's never too late to turn back the clock and, and the plaques actually go away. And one of the things we talk about is collateral circulation. So, you know, your buddy had, a, you know, three or four uh, bypass grafts put in, but between those major arteries in the heart, there are a bunch of little spider web arteries that connect everything, just like side streets and there's two main roads or so to speak. Okay. And so when you change your nutrition, and it's basically we're talking plant-based nutrition, you actually open up all these little collateral vessels. And so people that have blockages doesn't really matter because you open up all these other channels and blood gets through just as good. So wow. yeah, I had a lady in my office today is 85 and she wants to run her second marathon. She did her first oh, one. Oh my goodness. She, she did her first one at 80 and she, she didn't have any heart she does have some heart disease, but not um, not uh, she had valvular heart disease. That's eight. super! Wow. Yeah, and she's uh, yeah she's doing five Ks at eighty five. She's doing five Ks at forty five to forty seven minutes. <laughs> run wow. walk, run walk. Hey, you know whatever it takes. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I think uh, I think running is a great place. You know, I think again, like you said, through COVID, I was glad to hear that you're group stay together. I think that that's so important to get out and get good microbes and to maintain that social experience and outdoor activity. Um, I think that's one place, especially in ultras, you know, we did, um, well, we did a run, we did a swim run event, which was a trail in November. And then we did an ultra here, a 50 K in, te where were we in? No, we were in Utah. I forgot where we were. It all looks the same when you go out west. Fifty <laughs> k, in Zion, and everybody was just—it was a great experience. Everybody was out, happy, you know, and, and running in the woods, and nobody was all worried. And it, I think that the ultra community has kept its head screwed on better than any community that I know. Yeah, I had mine canceled. That was supposed to be last weekend. Um, uh, I, I started getting a suspicious feeling about it when. Um, I, couldn't find the website anymore. Um, I understand why I was disappointed. I got my, I, I did get my money back. I had, but it, it, was, it was, I wanted to run this trail that links up Williamsburg, Virginia, and then Richmond. And um, the irony is, is that my wife did a cycling event on it just a few uh, earlier in May, same, same route. Um, they had, you know, I guess they call them some uh, aid stations for the cyclists and, um, uh, anyway, you know, it's, it's the, it's the director's choice not to do it. There might've been some other issues there. Uh, so I've just, 
that was that was going to be my big race, and um, so I just kind of abandoned that. I'll, I'm going to do our local misery half that uh, they've renamed the Ashland half. It's no longer the Patrick Henry half, I guess. You know, there's renaming of stuff. You know, a lot of that going on, but um, I'll do a couple half marathons. Uh, I'm going to try to be a, a pacer for the Richmond half because it costs. It's a half marathon that costs ninety dollars. Just think that's a little much, but um, I'll, I'll find a long race next year. I'll, I'll get back, uh, get back in gear, and um, I think things are starting to open up again. I will say though, I, I think this first couple of weeks after, you know, we were I guess quote locked down in Virginia, we still went out on Saturday mornings, and you know, you kind of wonder what people think of it because everybody's reacting a little bit different, and you know, I'm I'm sensitive to that, but we. You know, we're still free citizens and I'm going to run down the street. Well, I, I think, you know, I, I've actually, you know, just kept saying that there's no better place that you can be than outside. And I've said it from the get go. And now we're starting to, well, we're, you know, there's, there's a lot of data that you can't get COVID being outside. <laughs> you know, I guess if you're, you know, right on top of somebody for an hour or two hours and, you know, you might, that they, they're sick, you know, you might be able to <laughs> Um, other than that, there's just no way you can run and, 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 you know, get anything and you, you know, um, there's a thing called exercising your immune system as well. You know, when you go out and you're around people and kids and things, you know, your body gets exposed to things and your immune system reacts and you get protection. You don't necessarily get sick. And when people stay hovered up in their houses and don't go out, um, you know, they're not exercising their immune system at all. They're just staying inside with the germs that they have inside their house. And, and that's about it. And besides going, you know, crazy in, in a lot of other ways, uh, you know, their, you know, their immune system is taking a hit for it that way. And there's nothing more, you know, better than you can do it again to get a better immune system. I mean, you know, you've done a lot of races. I mean, how many times have you been really sick training for an ultra very rarely, you know, how many people right. do you know that gets, you know, that, that, you know, I mean, I've got a couple of flus here and, you know, but uh, it's mainly because, you know, I get myself in situations that I, you know, probably shouldn't have been in, but um, no worse than, you know, I mean, for the most part, I'm much healthier running than I would be not running. And I, you know, I think that there's, you know, it's good for your head um, it's good for people's psyche. Um, certainly, you know, even with, you know, again, your friend and heart disease, you know, it's been shown that, you know, one of the things associated with a bad outcome is depression. And when, you know, when people, you have something you love taken away from you and you have this brush with death, you know, it's not, you know, not that hard to see that people can get depressed and, you know, running's one of those things, those positive endorphins go along with, with that as well. So, yeah. um, I, I, I think it's, you know, a must that, you know, um, you, you kind of keep getting out and, and, and doing things. And again, the trails are, it's, you couldn't find a better place. You know, it's one thing, you know, running down the street, but the trails are, are really important. Do you do your weeks in the, during the week? Do you run on the roads or the trails? Um, a little bit of a mix, but when I say trails, um, it's more of like a more of a linear kind of trail. So um, we have a, a park near us. It's about three miles from where I live that has more of your trails and windy trails in the woods that go up and down. There's a flat section of the park where a lot of people like to ride mountain bikes because you can kind of get a lot of speed and go around these curves. But people run and walk them out there too. Um, 
I love just being able to go out the house and, and run from the house. And there's, there are some trails I can get on, but they're, they're not single, um, single track kind of things that might be wide enough for, uh, well, one's an old railroad, uh, trolley line. It's a linear trail about half mile. And then there's some other stuff that goes through the woods, but they're, they're wider. So, um, I do a little bit of both. I'll, I'll try to look, hook, hook them up, but as for going and running, um, single track trails, that's kind of a rare thing. Uh, cause that requires me to get in the car. Um, how, for, how did you train for the hills of strolling gym? Cause that's, there's a fair amount of elevation there. Uh, yes, I did lots. Uh, we do have some, some hills that, that's an actual, um, that's all a road race, believe it or not. Um, it's, uh, some, some roads go up in the mountains and they're, they're kind of narrow and they're pretty steep. I did lots of hill repeats and, uh, some of those, I remember the guy I was running with that day, he actually walked up one of the hills backwards. It was so steep. Um, and, uh, there's some, we can do, there's some places to do hill repeats that are pretty good and relatively safe. And, and I do enjoy doing those. Uh, but Sterling gym was, um, that was more a humidity issue, to be honest with you. I kind of, I think I walked up the hills. I didn't have any expectations. That was my, uh, I'd only done a couple ultras and I, I kind of did that. I, I did that the week before I turned 40. Um, to kind of, cause it's about a 40 miler. Then they detoured it. It was like 42 or something that, they detoured it because of a flood and, and we didn't, they didn't know how long the race was. <laughs> that's not fair, but that's, that's the way, it's the way that guy runs things. That's, yeah, that <laughs> sounds like, that sounds like something he would do. It's like, yeah. And he'd <laughs> laugh about it probably. Right. <laughs> oh, he laughed right in your face. Probably. <laughs> oh, if you don't like it, don't come. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, that's one thing I found. I mean, just with a few ultras that we've done, it's like most of them are longer than what they say. They're never shorter. Yes. And, and nobody really cares. It's like, you know, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, I'm out here all day anyway. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. We finished um, the last uh, race, race at Zion. We were sitting and people were staring at us. And, and, and I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't catch on until it was, you know, a little bit later. But I think they were staring at us because, you know, we looked old and, you know, that we lived through it and things, you know. <laughs> and <it's> like, <laughs> now, what state? Is that Utah? Utah, yeah. It's really pretty. Uh, it's called Zion. I'll look that up. Yeah, the Zion National Park. Okay. There was a lot of, you know, big old boulders that, you know, you know, that are above waist to high that there's just, you know, there's you know, kind of wow. crawling up as far as, far as <laughs> forget running, forget walking. It was crawling up and then, you know, trying not to twist something or fall. There wasn't really a good place to fall. I just kept thinking we have a group that runs here and, you know, we run on the flat sidewalks of Florida and just about everybody's fallen down and <laughs> hurt something. And it's like, geez, if the group was here, there'd be like a head injury or something. <laughs> but, yeah, it's amazing how dangerous sidewalks can get. You don't bring, take your foot up or you hit the crack and you hit the deck. Yep. And yeah, yeah, everybody's talking and it's a little bit, like you say, it's a little bit dark and nobody, you know, next thing you know, somebody's on the ground and you're just like, how'd that happen? But, uh, well, I do appreciate you taking time to check in. You know, I'll, I'll make sure I get in touch with you again another 10 years, see how you're doing. And <laughs> <laughs> Well, I thought it was kind of neat that uh, I've met a few people that have listened to the, that I've kind of, you know, quote, met through the podcast over the years and, and uh, meeting somebody in person or even over, it's just, it's it just, it's just so cool because there's so many people that are just really interested in the same thing, you know, running long and the people that you meet and, uh, you know, different ideas that you get while you're doing that. And uh, the podcast is really, uh, I've met some very, very interesting people along the way. Um, 
I've even met a guy in uh, New Zealand. I've talked to him over video, Dan under <laughs> Dave. Um, in fact, he's met my whole family over video. We all talked to him. He's just a real nice guy. And he had some, I think he had some heart issues that he had to contend with. And he's, his doctor doesn't want him to run, but so far, and you know, that's kind of his hobby. And so he's had to deal with that. I haven't, and he wrote a book. Um, he's got a digital book or something. I'll have to, to look that up. And mm-hmm. uh, he's, he has a lot to say, but no, I appreciate it. I appreciate your advice. And I did stop eating uh, some of that food after you emailed me. You better stop that if you want to keep on going. If that comes from a doctor, then I'm going to listen. That's for sure. Well, you know, it may be a crazy doctor, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I like to see everybody stay out there and running. And I don't want to have to stop and do CPR or anything. So, <laughs> Well, I think you're right. I think a lot of some runners do think, and I'm one of them, that they go, oh, I can – I'm out there running, you know, 25, 30 miles a week training for a marathon. I can kind of eat whatever I want. And, and I've, I've learned that you can't, I mean, it, it doesn't do you any good if you do. No, you can eat right through it. When I, uh, you know, I have members come in and they'll say, I can't believe I'm not losing any weight. You know, I'm walking a mile or two a day and it's like, listen, I can gain weight training for a marathon, you know, so right. I mean, you can eat right through it. It's not that hard. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Now, I appreciate the opportunity to, to uh, share some of my opinions on some of the the uh, things that you were asking about and um like i told you in the emails that i i think some of my opinions are, are based on a little bit of myth so i'm i'm glad to learn uh, i learned a lot from what, what you were saying so i appreciate your time as well Well, I, I you know like i said i i enjoy listening to your podcast too it's very entertaining and you know i i learned something and it's just you know it's nice to hear it's like you say it's nice to hear people having fun and run and your your buddies and uh you know you're doing a good thing so keep it up it's nice to you to say. Sometimes I, I need to hear a little bit of something like that to get me out there and get another another show out. So I, I appreciate that. It was real nice of you to say that. Keep, keep them coming. I'm still listening after all these. All right. Years. All right take care. Thanks all so right. much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So I assume after that podcast, you're all looking for a 50K or a 50 mile to sign up for because everybody wants to see what they can do to the bottom of their feet. Um, We didn't talk about how he prevents it, but he did have a podcast um, on preventing, and it's basically heat, friction, uh, and, and, and being dry. So if you can keep your feet dry and you can keep them relatively cool and there's not, they're not rubbing, then it, it, you know, feet do much better. I like the toe socks and ninjis, uh, echo socks, or I'm sorry, exoskin socks. Uh, but, you know, you have to find out what works for you to keep your feet dry from and to keep them from rubbing on your shoes and the right shoes. And, um, you know, some of the socks are better wicking than others as far as going through the water and things like that. So those are things that people experience the further that they run. I always tell people that you really don't know how your shoes feel or your clothes feel until you hit about 15 miles. And then... Um, you know, then, then you start to find out what's rubbing the wrong way. So if you want to hear more from Dave, going over to Ashland Dave, Running in the Center of the Universe is his podcast. It, it's really good. He's been doing it, again, for quite some time. I want to remind you that Addie Minerich, registered dietitian, and I are having our third Zoom conference June 16th from 530 to 8. So you can go over to drdelaney.com, D-O-C-T-O-R-D-U-L-A-N-E-Y.com and purchase tickets for that. They're $25. We will be making six different 
summertime fun foods so that you can get ideas what to do for barbecues, family reunions, how to eat healthy on the on your vacation, you know, what you can things that you can pick up at a condo or a timeshare that you can make um, for the whole family to enjoy. And we're going to have desserts as well as uh, salads as well as entrees. So we're going to do a couple burger recipes. Um, you know, we're going to do a couple salads, a couple sides, and again, again, the desserts. And so uh, you can pick up tickets over there. We're going to be live on Zoom on June the 16th. But if you buy a ticket, then you also have access for a week later um, uh, via email or via the website to be able to, to watch it at your convenience. We will be doing a question and answer segment uh, following as well as during the event. If you haven't been to one of these events, um, Addie and I just flip back and forth. She makes something, I make something, and we talk about the nutritional value and give you some tips and techniques, talk about health and wellness, and answer your questions as they come in or at the end. We have a live chat going on. And then we're also willing to answer questions for that next week. So you kind of have us in your pocket for a week uh, for that $25 for any questions you have. We're going to send you the slides, uh, the recipes. So you have all that at your disposal. So uh, go on over to drdelaney.com and get your tickets for this. It's, uh, I look forward to meeting you. Um, you know, I get a lot of questions and a lot of feedback as far as you know, we, we're going to a family reunion and they didn't have anything for me to eat or we're having a picnic and you know I'm going to cheat and there's nothing, you know, it's it just nothing satisfies me. So I, I think that I want to debunk all of those myths uh, because you can have a nice party and still be healthy and not gain a bunch of weight or go into heart failure or have a heart attack at the party. And the idea is to be active in the summertime and to be able to get together and do things but not pay for them with your, with your nutrition uh, or your diet or your health. Um, and it's not just about getting skinny for the summer, but it's about improving your health every day of your life that you have. And I, I think that's huge. You know, again, I'll go back to all this mess with COVID over the past, you know, year and a half. Nobody talks about the importance of being healthy at baseline. And if you're healthy at, at, at baseline, you know, you have a chance, you have a, you have a good chance of, of taking on any virus or any bacterial infection or any kind of an injury and doing well from it. So if your body's not inflamed, um, you know, you're in good physical condition, there's, there's not much that can take you down. So despite all the, the scare tactics, the best thing you can do for yourself is to optimize your health and wellness. And yes, you can, you know, you can survive on hot dogs and corn dogs and potato chips all summer long, perhaps if you're young, but as you get older, you will not be thriving on that food. And there is more and more evidence to suggest that, you know, your cholesterol in midlife uh, may dictate your risk of heart disease, but also of Alzheimer's. So um, get healthy now. Don't put it off until you're already sick. Don't let the shoe, shoe drop. Um, live to see grandkids, great-grandkids, and, and have a good time while you're doing it. So join us June 16th. Get your tickets now, and uh, love to meet you. Thanks for listening.